What's going on, guys? It is September 14th, and I got my man Connor Allen on with 4 for 4. We're going to be covering this week two slate and also for fantasy football, going over some of the bigger names, whether you should be buying low, selling high. I also got a little game for my man. I'm going to put him on the spot. Stay tuned. You're watching the Justin Henry Show on YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. Make sure you follow on all social media platforms. Yes, sir. Welcome to the Justin Henry Show. We got you covered on all your betting and fantasy football action. And I'm with my guy, Connor Allen, my man. Appreciate you coming on the show. Justin, thank you for having me, man. It's uh, it's great to finally come on. I know we, we booked this way in advance. You're a busy man and uh, crushing it with this show. Man, trying to do it for the people, man. It's fun getting to talk with people like yourself and then also just talking fantasy football and betting too, man. What do you have going on before we get into everything? Just tell the people a little bit about what you have going on. Yeah, so you can find me on Twitter at Connor Allen NFL. Uh, you can find all of my weekly player prop bets over at 444.com. And then I do two shows a week under the Move the Line podcast. We break down you know, some of our favorite sides and totals on Thursday. And then on Friday, we talk about some of our favorite player prop bets with Pat Mayo on live on YouTube as well. So a lot of fun, a lot of good stuff going on there. There he is. Make sure you guys tap in with Connor. And normally I get into like some, some breaking news. There's not a whole lot that we didn't cover yesterday. Obviously, we talked about Dak. Um, and him being out for just a little bit, and then there wasn't a whole lot else. So I want to just get right into it. Want to get into week two in this slate, man. There's a a lot of higher spreads than I've seen in in you know obviously than there was the first week too. Um, but let's get into the segment. It's called Straight Up. Straight Up presented by Pickett and Connor. When I look at this slate, obviously the one game I want to start with is this Kansas City and Chargers game. I feel like it's there's going to be a lot of people dialed in on the Kansas City side of the ball because of the way that they performed. The Chargers look good as well. What was your? Did you have any thoughts about this game to start off? Yeah, I mean, we're looking at a total of 54 and a half right now. The Chiefs opened up as like three and a half point favorites, now up to a four and a half in a lot of spots. Looks like they're getting some sharp money on that side there. In terms of the game itself, I guess the one notable thing that I pulled away from last week was that Patrick Mahomes is probably going to be fine. Uh, you know, I think that it's, which is not surprising, um, but that was against the Cardinals defense, who I think is going to be really, really bad. And then on the other side, the Chargers defense, um, you know, played pretty well. But according to our metrics, we're actually second to last in explosive pass rate allowed, such that they're allowing a ton of 15 plus yard passes. Um, and the Chiefs actually ranked second in that same metric offensively, uh, you know, on the, on the offensive side. So I think there could be, could see some big plays out of Kansas City, um, but I don't really have too much of a lean on the game or total. Not yeah. sure if you do here. Yeah, it was looking a little high for me. I was I was leaning under, but with these two teams, I don't like betting on that because to me, right. there's the potential for those explosive plays like you mentioned. Um, I did like Casey at home, but to me, this is a complete stay away from me. I, I'll probably just avoid this one and just be a fan of Thursday night football in this one. So did you have any games specifically for this Sunday that you were looking at? Yeah, so I've gotten down on a couple games here. Uh, probably one of my favorites would be the um, – it's it's actually for our Monday night game, so I'm not sure if I'm breaking okay. the rules here, but the Minnesota-Philly <laughs> uh, game here, the total's at 50.5. Uh, the Vikings team total right now, 23.5 across the board. I, I like the over in this game. I mean, we saw 
last week this that both teams like to play fast pace. They both like to pass a lot. Eagles were fourth and Vikings were eighth in no huddle rate. Um, and then the Vikings and Eagles were top 10 and 14th in pace. Um, and both teams were successful in passing the ball. So you're looking at a fast paced game. They're going to pass the ball. They were successful at passing it. Kevin O'Connell is obviously a massive addition to the Vikings who completely changed their passing offense. So I think with, with those two things in mind there, um, you know, I'm pretty confident on this total ceiling over and the Vikings scoring 24 plus points who, you know, took their foot off the gas a little bit last week. It seemed like against the Packers were pretty content, just kind of coasting the rest of their game away. Whereas now we get two teams elevating each other. Same thing with the Eagles though. I mean, they were up by two scores and just like, you know, try to deflate the ball. Whereas now if they're going back and forth, this game could be fireworks. It could, man. And we saw uh, from a fantasy standpoint, we saw some of the guys, Justin Jefferson, AJ Brown, get in with their with their quarterbacks, their new systems early and often. And I really like that as well. I didn't really have too strong of a lean on this one either way. Um, to me, it seemed like, you know, this Eagles team was a little bit tricky for me to figure out. I had them obviously taking a, uh, I had them with the, uh, the spread last week against Detroit and Detroit came back on them pretty fairly easily. So, uh, to me, I'm going to stay away on that one. I like the Niners at home this week. It was a higher total nine and a half. Uh, but the Niners to me, just with, with the way that all played out last week with the rain, to me, that was completely, uh, just one of those games where I've, I didn't buy into what happened last week. And I think there's going to be a huge overreaction. I could see the public leaning heavily on the Seahawks just based on the way that they played. And the Niners have one of the top uh, pass defenses in the league, obviously, and will continue to have that this year. Um, and we saw Seattle struggle in the second half last year, when, or last uh, on Monday, excuse me, uh, when they locked in. So, uh, Connor, what else you got lined up for this weekend, man? Yeah, so I, I like that one as well there. I do think that that rain game uh, was just so fluky. I live in Chicago, so I was actually, you know, boots on the ground here. Like on the day of, I was I, I was looking outside. And I'm like, <laughs> there is no way that these teams are going to be able to throw the ball. So I'm just emptying the clip on every under of, you know, Trey Lance, <laughs> Justin Fields. Because, yeah. you know, even if like I think that they're pretty volatile. But so yeah, I thought that, that was that was fun there for sure. Another one that I like this week, uh, the New York Jets to score fewer than 17 points. You can find this at uh, FanDuel. Uh, I believe one of your partners there. So, I mean, the Jets really struggled last week on offense, you know, ranked 26th in EPA. And that was against the Ravens team without Marcus Peters, Kyle Fuller out. Now they play the Browns, who have a strong secondary, good pass rush. Um, and plus, I think the Browns are going to kind of deflate the ball, really slow down the pace of this game, run the ball as much as possible. And we saw last week Jacoby Brissett was not really, you know, functioning too well. So I think in a slow-paced game where Joe Flacco is not going to be able to throw the ball 60 times, and they still went way under their total last week. So it's going to be inefficient. It's going to be bad. I think that under 17 at that key number is probably a good look for me. I love it. And, and so when you're looking at that matchup, obviously, uh, with the Browns as well, does, is there anything else that, that you're looking at offensive line-wise, defensive line-wise? For some of my you know people that are watching that don't have as much experience, is there anything specifically that you're looking at in that matchup that would help them out? Um, yeah, so I, I think that the Browns offensive line here, um, you know, has a, has a pretty big advantage over this Jets defensive line. Uh, kind of looking back, looking at our – uh, metrics from last week, the Browns, you know, led the league with 4.85 adjusted line yards in week one. Um, and that was without Jack Conklin. So, you know, I think that, you know, both Nick Chubb and uh, Kareem Hunt should both be, you know, pretty good fantasy options this week in a game that I expect the Browns as touchdown favorites at home, or I guess six points uh, to, you know, to dominate here on the ground. Right. Well, I definitely don't lean into the, to the analytical side as much, but when I look at the Jags plus four um, against the Colts, to me, that screams value there. I think, 
when I saw the performance against the Commanders last week, uh, to me it seemed like there was some missed opportunity. This Jacksonville team is much improved from what they were last year uh, with new head coach there. So uh, when I look at the Colts, they all, they struggled with the Texans team, and they're going through kicker struggles. And even though they have a great offensive line, I feel like they they massively underplayed where they should be. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars take advantage of this to their home opener and get the job done there. What are your thoughts on that game? Yeah, no, I, I like the Jags here. I've been, you know, pounding the table from them all offseason and unfortunately was a Jags plus four and a half ticket holder last week. <laughs> I thought that they had it, you know, up a touchdown late and Carson Wentz. It was, we got the full Carson Wentz experience last week with the highs and yeah. lows. Uh, <laughs> and so unfortunately, you know, we got on the wrong, I was on the wrong side of that, but I do agree here that this number should probably be closer to three, three and a half. You're looking at four, four and a half, depending on the book right now. Um, so I definitely, you know, leaned your way as well here. Another game for me that I like, uh, Miami, I like them to cover here, plus three and a half against the Ravens. Really? Yeah, I know that this is, I'm actually going against my, uh, R against the spread guy, four for four, who really likes uh, the Ravens here too. And I would like the Ravens. It's just that they're getting pretty banged up here. You know, they lost Joan James. They lost, uh, you know, Kyle Fuller. They lost Marcus Peters. Um, so now we're looking at a team too that really just couldn't get anything going on the ground against the Jets last week. And I, you know, when looking at Lamar, I think Lamar is an incredible quarterback, but when he's most effective, like they have a dominant run game, he's able to do play action and expose them deep in the passing game without kind of that threat of the running game. You know, I think it kind of takes away, you know, some of his, you know, their, the multiplicity of the offense and, you know, how effective they are. So I think that that that's a little bit scary for me and that this Miami team did a pretty good job, you know, bottling up New England last week. Now, obviously, that might be another story depending on how <laughs> bad they are. So I think that, you know, with their offense kind of scheming Tyreek Hill open, getting him in space, really trying to focus on that against the kind of a banged up Ravens team. I think they can cover but not win. So I, I like the, the three and a half there. Probably wouldn't bet it at three. Yeah, I think if they were at if they weren't on the road, I'd feel a little bit more confident in that one. But to me, Mike McDaniel, what he did and the way he's able to scheme these guys open to me is going to be a storyline we watch all season and just the improvement from this Miami Dolphins team. The Ravens, as you mentioned to me, the reason why I guess this would almost be more of a stay away from me is that they are so banged up. A lot of their number ones are out, like the run mm -hmm. game, the defense, and just a lot of the injuries, as, as you already mentioned. So uh, for me, that would be a stay away, but I don't mind that Dolphins side of the ball. If I was going to pick, I would pick, I would lean towards the Dolphins. So uh, my last one is going to be just a Hail Mary play. This is just a, a this not even statistically based. This is just me thinking it, the Packers. I feel like the redemption story is going to be there. I don't feel like they're as bad as they were against the Vikings. And if Alan Lazard plays or they get some of their other, you know, weapons to just catch the ball, we're talking to you, uh, uh, Christian Watson there. I feel like that 10 total is a, is a little high, but it doesn't scare me enough to stay away. So I'd be in on the Packers at minus 10. Yeah, no, I, I, I agree there. And I think that the bear, the way that the Bears won was so fluky. It was, it was unbelievable. Sloppy. It was, I mean, because they needed either a penalty or like with a broken 50 yard play to score points. Like they were just an absolute nothing in the first half. So I agree. I think that, you know, AJ Dillon, Aaron Jones have big games here uh, against the Bears. I like it. I like it. All right. Perfect. Uh, are there any other games you want to cover before we move on? No, that's about all I had on, on my card for now. Yeah, there's one other game that um, I had. It's not necessarily a strong inclination one way or the other, but the Titans plus 10 um, on Monday night as well. And so uh, the Bills, obviously, they, they came out the gate swinging against the Rams and did their thing. But the Titans, to me, one of those gritty teams, it's a division game. Does that total speak to you at all? No, I mean, so we got in really early. We grabbed a minus six and a half like a couple weeks ago, uh, like right oh, in week nice. one because we thought that, you know, the way things played out. Yeah, so we're feeling good about that. I'm, I'm holding <laughs> tight with that one. But I did take a 
a Titans, I think the Titans team total of, you know, under 19 is interesting. Um, you know, I think that look, kind of looking at how they played last week, they were still allowing a ton of pressure to a Giants team that, you know, I don't like too much. I'm, I'm a little bit nervous about this Titans team just in yeah. general. So I would lean towards the under there and the Bills defense, you know, obviously locked down the Rams for the most part of last week. And I think that the Titans are a good step, you know, worse than that, but we'll see, you know, I think that I'm probably just going to hold tight with my six and a half and, you know, hope that a, I don't get losing closing line value there. Yeah. Well, you guys, make sure you take notes on that. Let's get some wins this weekend. Uh, but let's also move on to fantasy football. This is uh, where, the, you know, my meat and potatoes here. This is what I do. So um, on the fantasy side of it as well, I want to talk about some buy low, sell high candidates because we talked about these teams, right? We saw some performances from week one that we probably don't trust. And we saw some week one performances that probably made us look on a light bulb and say this team might be better, this team might be worse. And there's also that when it, that aspect when it comes to these fantasy players too. So this section is called Zero RB. The Zero RB presented by Prize Picks, where you can get 100% deposit match up to $100 using the code JHEN with a three instead of an E. And when I looked at week one, Connor, there were some players out there that just completely, you know, they didn't perform the way that we expected. And one of the players uh, that looks like he might be in trouble is CD Lamb. Dak Prescott's going to be out for a while, uh, but CeeDee Lamb didn't even look like the player you drafted him as. You drafted him as a top five to seven wide receiver, um, and just and right now it doesn't look good. How are you feeling about CeeDee Lamb? Is he a buy low candidate for you, or are you fading him completely? Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty concerned. I'm not going to lie. I think that at this point, he's probably still like a viable flex play or like wide receiver three kind of you know range, but with Cooper Rush there and the fact that I mean, some guys just can't be number one wide receiver and aren't capable of like, you know, shedding constant like coverage if everyone's focusing on them because the other options are, you know, Noah Brown and Semi yeah. Fajoko and, you know, like no one else, they don't even, the defenses don't even care about those guys. So if they're all focusing on CD Lamb, is he really able to still separate and kind of get open? And I think the, an the early answer to that is no. And now you have Cooper Rush. So I'm a little bit nervous about him. Yeah, Cooper Rush, the offensive line's already struggling as yeah. well. Um, and even Michael Gallup is supposed to be coming back here in the next two to three weeks, supposedly. Uh, does that impact you? Because I know you mentioned just having all the coverage on CeeDee Lamb and no viable you know, threat to him opposite on the field. Michael Gallup, does that come if he comes back or if Dak comes back early, does that change your tune on anything? Yeah, I think it definitely helps. I was really high on CD before the year, but you know, I think that as you mentioned, offensive line and all the injuries kind of really hurts. But Michael Gallup comes back, Dak comes back. I think CD will be okay. You know, hopefully for a playoff or like kind of late season fantasy run. Yeah, I'm I'm out on CD Lamb as it is right now. He's one of the guys I think I would sell low and i don't normally sell low normally i may sell high buy low got a guy to the fullest um but this is a guy i would cash out for a low end wide receiver one high end wide receiver two and try to get another piece along with that um, i am very concerned about cd lamb rest of the year and like you mentioned he may be more formidable as a high-end wide receiver two on somebody's team than a starting caliber wide like a high-end wide receiver one um for a team so i have some concerns with cd lamb if you if you have them it's not full panic but i definitely would be worried Another player at the receiver position that didn't perform uh, up to scale, Mike Williams. And Mike Williams was heavily sought out. A lot of people you know, thought he was going to take over Keenan Allen's role as the wide receiver one uh, with good reason. He finishes the wide receiver 12 last year in PPR formats um, and had all the looks. He has the youth. He got the new contract. There's a lot to like with Mike Williams, but he didn't perform at the level that we saw even when Keenan Allen got hurt. We saw DeAndre Carter step up uh, and a few other options. Gerald Everett took on a little bit bigger role. Any concerns with Mike Williams for you or is he a buy low candidate? 
Uh, he's a buy low for me. I think now with Keenan Allen's injury, uh, I mean, DeAndre Carter only ran like 14 routes, but scored like two touchdowns. Like he was just, <laughs> I, I think that that's just kind of running bad. Honestly, Michael Williams is out there almost every play. And I think the same kind of goes for Josh Palmer, who, you know, yes. was a preseason darling that didn't really get much work last game. I think that now against Kansas city who just lost Trent McDuffie to in the court in the secondary. Uh, I think that both those guys get going. So it could be a good buy low spot there. Yeah, I like Mike Williams. I know he has a lot of volatility in his game. So to me, he has a low floor, high ceiling. But with Keenan Williams out, probably week, maybe two um, with the hamstring injury. This is a good time to go get Mike Williams. I do agree with you there. Do you see do you feel like he has wide receiver two potential wide receiver one potential? Where are you at with him on there? I, mean, I think this week, like fringe wide receiver one potential, his props right now are like at five and a half reception, 65 yards, 70 yards, which I think is about right. Not betting it that way. But I do think for fantasy purposes, like a fringe wide receiver one or high end wide receiver two, probably. Perfect. Yeah, I, I like him as well. Another another failed wide receiver before we get in a different position. Allen Robinson. Uh, there was a lot of hype with Allen Robinson coming into the year, potentially being a top 20 option, looking to be Cooper, you know, the opposite of Cooper Cup and potentially a threat for a thousand yards, you know, six to eight touchdowns. And we didn't see a whole lot of Allen Robinson at all. Um, how do you feel about Allen Robinson moving forward? Yeah, I mean, call me crazy, but I'm not I'm not throwing in the towel yet. I know that last week was a disaster in terms of total output, but he was on the field all the time. He was getting open a decent amount. It's just more so it seemed like the chemistry was not quite there yet. Stafford was under constant pressure from the Bills. And like the Bills just basically like sat back and kind of allowed the t you know, the Rams to like you know, carve up the middle of the field with Cooper Cup, which you saw Rab Robinson was like consistently either left on an island outside or was running, always running kind of the clear out routes uh, over the middle to allow Cooper Cup space. So I think that he'll have, be okay. He'll have some good games going forward. I mean, Robert Woods last year was the wide receiver 12 PPR before getting injured. So I think he'll be yeah. okay. Yeah, him and and Odell, they were averaging six to seven targets a game for the entire for the entire time that they played. You know, obviously not counting their injuries, uh, but they were six to seven target guys. And I think Allen Robinson can fit into this spot very nicely. It's not the time to panic with him. I think if we saw another two weeks of this being similar, then I probably would be a little concerned. But yeah. Allen Robinson's the type of type the type of guy we've seen the talent, we've seen the production from him in the past, and we know what Stafford can do as far as holding two viable fantasy wide receivers. So I am not uh, out on Allen Robinson. I think he's actually a buy low candidate for the price you could probably get him at. Uh, moving to a quarterback, man. You talked about Chicago in the weather out there, man. Trey Lance. Uh, there was so much hype with Trey Lance. I'm a big Trey Lance guy myself. Uh, but there was a lot of hype with Trey Lance, and we didn't see what we quite expected from him. Obviously, the conditions were one thing, uh, but then there was a lot of, you know, accuracy quotes. There's a lot of errant throws that we saw, just a little bit of nerves probably from a guy that's a starter with somebody breathing down his neck. How are you feeling about Trey Lance right now? Yeah, I think that he's still – you can go back to him as a starter right now. I think I'm feeling okay about it. You know, we saw the rushing upside at 13 rushing attempts, and he did have some good throws, and I think that that's kind of part of the Trey Lance, you know, experience that we're going to see here is some awesome throws. He had a great one to Ayuk. You know, I, I think that there are some good throws and some bad throws, but he just needs more opportunity to be able to do that with, you know, in regular weather. I mean, it was not just bad. It was, like, disastrous. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, you know, I'm just willing to kind of throw that away. It was obviously a disappointing result for the Niners and Trey Lance's fantasy output, but I think that he'll be okay and still be a good fantasy producer. How was the – so you said you live out there. How was the weather out there, dude? Are you, like, splashing in puddles? There floods oh, everywhere. Like, how was it? Literally insane. Like, I, I haven't seen that much rain ever, and, I mean, I've seen some crazy stuff here in Chicago. There's some wild weather, but this was just, like, downpouring rain. It started early. It was, like, 8 a.m., so I, you know, just saw, like, you know, monsoon, basically, for, like, four or five <laughs> hours straight. 
I was actually supposed to go to the game, and I, I turned down free tickets, and I was like, really? I'm not going. Yeah, I was. I, I couldn't like, do it. I'm not going. I'm not going to this weather, man. I was That's like, you'd have to pay me to go to these games <laughs> instead of sitting on, sitting on the couch watching Red Zone with some wings. You know, uh, so you see the guy there with his like popcorn or whatever the hell he was eating. Right. And the water's just flooding in the bucket. You're like, nah, I'm exactly. passing on that. Let me sit at the house, man. Yep. Nah, it's hilarious, man. Well, I want to go to a couple tandems too and talk about some tandem backfields. Which side that you're picking on these? Uh, Aaron Jones and AJ Dillon, um, two guys obviously that have big roles for that Packer offense, and I think we see them both utilized. We talked about how we both like the Packers coming into this weekend to, to kind of bounce back. Are you panicking on Aaron Jones? Are you thinking AJ Dillon's the guy just based on the work the workload? How are you feeling about both of them? Well, the quote after the game was that they, you know, Aaron Jones only saw eight touches. They're like, we need to get him more involved. And I do think that they get him a little bit more involved in, you know, kind of like the squeaky wheel narrative of, you know, just trying to get him going a little bit. So I think that that's probably my lean towards a little bit more of a balance. But I mean, to me, this game, 10 point favorites at home against the Bears defense, which I don't think is very good. Uh, and so I, I think that both of them really, you know, have a good game here, to be honest, as they lean on the run. Yeah, I think there's a lot of panic about Aaron Jones just because of the draft capital. Right. Yeah. You drafted Aaron Jones in the first or second round. You drafted AJ Dillon in probably the fifth or sixth round of your draft. Both of the guys are holds. I think there's just a, a little closer of a gap than even I anticipated coming into the season. I thought Aaron Jones would be more on the reception side and, and kind of uptick in his receptions without Devontae Adams. And we saw Aaron Rodgers is just going to spread it out. And so I'm not terribly concerned with uh, Aaron Jones. Obviously, AJ Dillon holds a little bit more value than probably where you drafted him at. But for me, both both running backs are a full go. I expect a bounce back performance from Aaron Jones this weekend. Uh, another match, another tandem that we saw. Um, one, they actually flip flop positions. Travis Etienne was drafted higher. J Rob, you could get him at the back end of the you know tenth round, ninth round. Uh, but we saw J Rob come back from his Achilles injury and play really well. And Travis Etienne had eight touches on the on the ball. Um, are you concerned at all with Travis Etienne's usage? Are you, you know, are you buying J. Rob being back? Talk to me. Yeah, I am a little bit concerned to be honest. When J. Rob's taking a lot of the early down work and some pass catching stuff here and there, and and like Etienne, while I think he had a, you know a good run called back and he had some good explosive plays, uh, you know he also dropped that you know walk in touchdown as Man. well, um, which really sucks. And I think that there's. There's some issues there, it seems like. There's something else going on behind the scenes. And then, you know, I, I was willing to bet against James Robinson heading into the season, coming back from Achilles, because he's literally the outlier right now. He's, like, probably looks the best out of any running back in the last 10 years who's torn an Achilles. Um, so good for him, you know. I mean, yeah. but I think we just got to embrace what it is, and he's going to play and play pretty well. Yeah, outlier. And you know, a lot of people also forget that Travis Etienne's coming back from a major injury as well. So he's going to have to work his way back into getting 15 carries a game. And James Robinson obviously proved that he is healthy enough to do that. I'm not, I'm not panicking on Travis Etienne yet. I think like you mentioned, he had the explosive plays. He had opportunities, the, the errant throw by Trevor Lawrence on one of them to drop on another. Uh, so I'm not too worried about him. I think this week will be a very telltale sign. If the, the touches start to even out a little bit, I think you'll have your answer, but if not, uh, then there'll be a little bit of pause for concern. Uh, last one I want to get into is Alvin Kamara. Um, we've seen the injury pop up, uh, obviously, and, and we know with this team, the, the Saints are going to be a high-powered offense with James at the helm. Michael Thomas came back uh, fairly well and played, played, had two touchdowns. Are you concerned about Alvin Kamara at all? Uh, I'm a little concerned about his receiving usage. It was just very strange. And something that we actually saw last year with James at times is like, you know, Drew Brees, I guess, was like a very natural fit for Camaro, like a lot of like short passes, a lot of dump offs. 
you know, he knew that he needed to get his like most talented guys into space. Now you have a guy like Jameis who, you know, is really apt to just throw the ball downfield and chuck it and be a little bit more aggressive. Whereas, and like, that just doesn't really fit with Kamara. Now they have like a ton of weapons. I mean, Olave is good. Landry was showed out like in a big way. Michael Thomas looks to be mostly back. Um, So with more target competition, I'm a little bit worried that his receiving upsides cap, but you know, he'll have big games still. I mean, Kamara will be scoring touchdowns. I think it'll be okay. It's just, this was a little bit of a down game. And I think his receiving upside might not be there. Yeah, he said he was dealing with a little bit of a rib injury, so it's not something I'm overly concerned about when it comes to Kamara. But when, you know, I look at him, he was viewed as like, you know, the suspension was the thing, the looming suspension was the thing that dropped him into the third round. And then there was a lot of people that said, you know what, now we got to view him as a top five to seven running back just based off his previous history now that we know he's not getting suspended. Um, In the grand scheme of things, do you think that the people who, who drafted him as a top seven guy should be, uh, should be not worried, or do you feel like he should be downgraded a little bit into a different range now, knowing what we know about this offense and how they're going to be spreading it out? Yeah, I think if we're looking at drafts, like you know, he was like a mid to late second round pick, kind of towards the end of draft season. I think he should probably be like a mid third round pick, uh, honestly. Uh, you know, like I think that guys that were being drafted around him were like you know Leonard Fournette, uh, DeAndre Swift, Aaron Jones. I guess Aaron Jones is not a good example. I wouldn't be taking him either in the second round, but I do right. think that I would clearly take Leonard Fournette over him at this point, and that was a pretty pivotal decision in some leagues that I had. Uh, so it, it's tough. It was, yeah, it was because you know, you, especially in um, you know more competitive leagues, because those Leonard Fournette was a guy that you heard some guys say fade. You heard some guys say take him a little bit earlier, and then Camara has been a kind of um, a more volatile option his his career because he has those explosive games obviously we've seen him have like a six touchdown game there in the fantasy playoffs which everybody remembers but he's been a volatile option um is he a player that you would be looking to sell or are you looking to buy yeah i mean if you can get like a i guess like a Leonard Fournette or someone like that in the similar range uh i think i'd probably sell him i guess you know i wouldn't sell him too low but because i think he'll still be okay i just don't think that you're going to be getting like a rb1 guy anymore it's probably just like a high-end rb2 all right. Well, before we get into our game, man, we have a, I got a little game for you. You know what I'm saying? A couple of players I want you to guess. I think you'll be able to get them, but just some, some things to talk about. Let's go over some Thursday night player props, if you're cool with that. I want to go over for some sure. Thursday. And this doesn't have to be anything concrete. Just want to get your, your opinion on them because uh, we got a little, you know what I'm saying, a little extra Thursday night action coming tomorrow. So Pat Mahomes is sitting at 303.5 passing yards right now against the Chargers and uh, you know, we saw the way he flexed against the Cardinals, uh, and he looked really good. And we talked about it. He doesn't need Tyreek Hill to have those monster games. Uh, if you had to pick a side on this 303.5 passing yards for Patrick Mahomes, uh, where would you stand on that? Yeah, it's tough. These these high props always get me because I feel like, oh, 300 is no problem. And then they just end up going under. You know what I mean? Yep. We have him. Our projections literally have him at 304. Uh, so oh. it's I know it's right. Really close. <laughs> But I mean, if we, I think it depends. If you think this game's going to go way over, like the total, you know, I'd bet the over. If you think it's just going to be a middling game, I think you can probably pretty safely bet the over. But obviously, the shootout potential here is just like crazy with these two quarterbacks. It is. I feel like the pass rush is going to be more of a problem than mm-hmm. than we than I want to acknowledge. As somebody who I love, Pat Mahomes, man, I I had him as my QB one for the year, man. Uh, I love Pat Mahomes what he's able to do, but I feel like they they they'll be able to manage a little bit better. Um, it doesn't seem like they're doing a lot more of the deep stuff. When we were looking at the game, we saw a lot of uh, checkdowns to like Miko Hardman. He had like three catches for 15 yards. Just mm-hmm. the the depth of target wasn't the same for a lot of these receivers. Um, and so for me, I probably would stay away too. I just want to get your opinion on it, man. You see, yeah. you see what because you, you got you got the crazy <laughs> numbers there. You said 304 on the dot, man. Literally, That's, yep. 
That's crazy. Uh, what about Justin Herbert? His is sitting at 285.5 right now. 285. So we have him over. We have him at 293. So I'd lean, I'd lean towards the over there. Um, and I guess the only issue is that without Keenan Allen, you know, how effective is the passing game? But I think that, you know, based on our previous conver- or prior conversation here, I still think that he's good enough and has the weapons to kind of get it done here. Um, they were leaning a little bit more on the run earlier on, you know, in the game last week. And then obviously they got off to a pretty big lead and were able to kind of coast for a little bit. But, you know, I don't think that's going to be the case here. So, uh, you know, Justin Herbert with pass volume is, is always a threat to go over. So I'd probably lean over. Yeah, even with without Keenan Allen, it doesn't feel like they're going to miss too much of a beat. It seems like the guy stepped in pretty nicely there when you talk about, like we mentioned, DeAndre Carter for the plays that he did. But Josh Palmer's going to have his opportunity uh, as well. So one other player on the Chargers that I want to talk about, uh, Austin Eckler, right? His receiving and rush yard total is sitting at 98.5. I didn't want to just go into one side or the other because we know how valuable of a player he is um, just getting the ball in his hands. But we didn't see the Austin Eckler of old. We didn't see him completely dominating the backfield like he did last year. Are you are you leaning towards the over or under on 98.5 rushing and receiving yards? Um, it's, it's super interesting because a guy like Eckler where all off season, he's like, I can't carry the load. I can't carry the load. You know, I like, this can't be me like doing like what he did last year. And then, you know, I kind of thought that with Joshua Kelly and Larry Roundtree just not really playing well. I mean, they're like clearly, clearly inferior. And then they brought in Sony yes. Michelle who they gave a bunch of carries to right away too. At some point they're going to have to be like, these guys just ain't it. Like we're going to have, I'm sorry, Austin. Like until we get someone who can actually at least be competent, like you got to carry the ball more. Um, so I'd probably lean over. I think they get him back more involved in the passing game as well. Um, and I think our projections have him at, uh, 92. So okay. right around there a little bit, I guess, what'd you say? The line was it was a 90, 98.5, 98. So I guess it's a little bit of a lean under, but I do think that at some point they're just going to give him the rock and, and they're going to, they can't be sacrificing wins just, I yeah. mean, for his health, unfortunately, that's kind of, it was, like, it was kind of like, it was kind of intriguing the way that you were using Sony Michelle in the run game after just getting him. So obviously they think highly of him, but it, it does kind of touch on the fact that maybe they are trying to, you know, save Eckler for a potential playoff run for a longer season. And to mm-hmm. me, you got to get wins at some, you know, they got the win against the Raiders, but I think this is a game. Um, and normally on Thursday nights, we see a little bit slower pace. We see a little bit more of the run game just as teams don't want to air it out completely. So I like, I like the, the over with Eckler. I'm not confident on it, but I like, if I had to pick one, I picked the over with Eckler to have a bounce back performance, especially with Keenan Allen gone. And then we saw a, a kind of a, a revitalizing performance from Clyde Edwards Hilaire, like two touchdowns. He wasn't on the field very much in the second half because they got up big, uh, but he got two scores, used them in the passing game and in the run game. Clyde Edwards Hilaire's total sitting at 68.5 rushing and receiving yards. Uh, do you like either side more on that one? Yeah, we have him over here. We have him at like uh, in the 70s. And I think that what's worth noting too is that Isaiah Pacheco only had two touches prior to the, like the their 30 point lead. Point. So, you know, like I don't really factor like him being like, I don't really think he's going to play much, honestly, in a full game. So I think that Clyde Edwards Flair is probably going to get the majority of looks here uh, early on. So that, that's probably my, I think that he'll probably see a plenty of work and seeing more in the work in the passing game, like you said. So I'm in on the over for him. Yeah, I really think he'll have a factor in the passing game, especially with the pass rush. You know, we, we see Pat Mahomes was getting a lot of those quick passes off to him. Those almost they were like ha- semi handoffs, but they're that mm-hmm. quick pass off to him. So uh, 68.5 actually seems a little low for me. Uh, I think that he can break that total pretty easily. So you mentioned his total being in the 70s. I'm all for that. Uh, I see Clyde Edwards-Lair going over that total. 
And then with the receiving yards, let's take a look at Mike Williams. You talked about this one a little bit earlier. You said, you know, five catches, 60 yards wasn't out of the realm of possibilities. And his total sitting at 66.5 receiving yards right now. Yeah, we have him at uh, 74 receiving yards. Uh, only five catches, which is strange. But, you know, I think that the big play upside there, he should be the clear number one wide out. Uh, and against the Chiefs team that while I think their defense is like overplayed, you know, kind of how they were last week. Like, I don't really think that they're that good. I think that they just played better than they are. Um, so I think that they kind of get exposed a little bit more this week against a good Chargers offense. Yeah, Mike Williams, I feel like he has to have, like they have to make a concerted effort to get him the ball in this right. game, especially if they're going to be able to keep up with the Chiefs and all the offense they're going to provide. So give me the over with 66.5. Uh, I'm expecting one of those Mike Williams type games. I'm not saying like 102 TDs, but like 75 and a TD, five catches, it sounds about right to me right. as well. Um, and we saw a breakout performance somewhat from Gerald Everett for the Chargers, who seems to be a little bit more of a factor than I thought he was going to be. A lot of people do as well. Um, but with Keenan Allen being out, that could be another reliable source uh, for Justin Herbert as it was against the Raiders. His total sitting at 39 and a half right now. Uh, is that a little high for you or are you buying that total? Uh, I mean, we have him at 42, but I think that it's, I think that it's tough. Like his, tight end usage is always so weird, especially with yeah. newer guys that like, you know, I'm, I just like, I kind of always take a wait and see approach with them, um, especially now with like, but it's a really volatile situation without Keenan Allen. You know, there's so many, I mean, there's, what do we name three guys? Carter, Palmer, you know, Williams could also, one of them, one or two of them is going to step up and have a big game. Guy, yeah. Jalen Guyton too. Guyton, yeah, it could be yeah. Guyton. But I don't know which one it is, you know, I mean, probably <laughs> Williams plus one of the other guys. So I just don't know which one. Yeah. So sometimes it's best to fade. I, I want to see if you got any other little sneaky plays in there, man. Juju is sitting at 58.5 right now. We saw him have a, a, a early roll. He got a little banged up in the game. Um, and obviously, they didn't need him in the second half as well. So Juju Smith-Schuster sitting at 58.5. And I like the way that he was being utilized early on. He was often often looked for, often targeted. Um, do you think Juju can match his performance against the Raiders? Yeah, so I actually, this is one of my official plays that I got down on early in the week. Uh, I like the over here. Um, I mean, he was the clear number one wideout when he was playing. Saw 21% target share last week, translated eight targets, and that was all in the first half. Had a 679 line there. It was 10.9 average at the target, 2.4 yards per out run. They were moving him all over the formation, 42% slot rate, outside a bunch. So, I mean, I think he's their, their clear number one. Like him and Travis Kelsey are kind of like 1A, 1B, depending on like the, you know, the game. And then everyone yeah. else is just, you know, there, they're like clear number two, three, four with Hardman and MBS. So I like the over here. I mean, fifties, like, I think that that's kind of disrespectful. I think we're going to see like high sixties the rest of the season. Oh, you let What makes you think that? Like what makes you think that he's going to be on the, the high 60 side instead of closer to that 50 range? Uh, I mean, just like, as we consistently see targets, like going forward, like obviously, you know, if he sees like a four target game here, like that'd be a disaster, but right. you know, I think we're seeing like eight to 10 targets every game uh, in a game that I think could be, you know, pretty back and forth. Um, you know, like I think we're going to end up seeing like 60s, you know, like go, going forward, pretty, pretty healthy 60s. But I, again, like I don't I usually bet a lot of unders, which is funny because I've we've been you know talking about overs for the last 10 minutes yeah. here. But um, <laughs> this I think it goes into this game. And like if you bet unders in games that go over, like you're just you have a really like good chance of losing your unders. Whereas if you game bet on games where it's just like, you know, middling or could barely go over, like, right. you know, the unders are usually the better way to go. But. Good to note. Good to note. Uh, is there any other picks that you have for Thursday night game or even for this weekend that would be helpful for the viewers to to at least get a note on? Yeah, I the props are still dropping across the board, so that's what I've been waiting yeah. for. Um, there was a Clyde Edwards-Hilaire carries prop that was like 10, 10 and a half. I think that he goes over that. 
Um, you know, that's available in some spots uh, for Thursday. But, you know, otherwise I have like a ton of notes down about guys that I'm looking for. Um, but, you know, I don't have any numbers to them. So, you know, like I yeah. part of my process is like I make notes on guys like look for. So I have a list of like, you know, 30 different things to look for based on like usage and matchup that I'm like ready to, to fire at. But I had like there's no numbers yet. So, can't yeah, pass. gotta get these numbers in, man. Now they're starting to drop in today. I've seen a couple of them falling in. So we'll right. definitely be able to chop that up uh, later on the show. Justin Henry show this week. But I want to get into this game, man. I got a couple a couple of players, and we can go into the actual the numbers of them. I want you to try to guess. You'll get one guess to start, a second guess, and then a third guess will probably be pretty easy. So I want to see if you can dial it in before the third guess is officially over, all right? All right, let's see. All right. First one is a running back. This running back was third in attempts and had over 100 yards and a score this week. Uh, Third in attempts, 100 yards and a score – um i mean like saquon barkley was not saquon barkley next clue he was drafted outside of the top 75 players oh man um (laughs) drafted outside the top 75 players uh so it's not man i'm having trouble with this um that's what hey that's what this is for it's not supposed to be easy yeah no this is this is tough this is tough here um i mean like i guess it's outside the top 75 now it's messing with my head now it's like who am i missing here um like ah oh, shoot i mean where i don't remember joe mixon maybe is that nope not like... joe mixon and then last is he finished top 10 at the position last year oh boy uh i mean was it uh fournette it was not for that. I'm glad I got a. Hey, I got you on the first one. I think you'll get the next two, but I got you on this one. Cordero Patterson. Oh my gosh, I should have gotten that. Yeah, you know it's crazy because you don't really think of him as like this bell cow back, and he had 22 carries last week. We saw you know Damian Harris get hurt. Um, Tyler Algier didn't play. Do you think Cordero Patterson is going to be sticking more in this running back role, or do you see him kind of moving on from that later in the year? This Falcons team kind of throwing everybody for a loop. I think eventually we'll move on, but right now Damian Williams still not practicing. You know, the Tyler Algiers was active or was inactive last week. I think he will be active this week, but I mean, I think that Cordero is still going to get the majority of the touches. Like, you know, I, I don't really see Algiers just coming in and being the guy that being said though, Damian Williams played, I think it was seven of the first 10 snaps at running back and had like most of the carries and work in the beginning um, before. I think the only other active guy was like Avery Williams. I, I don't even know yeah. who that is, but you know, I, I he was there. So yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that eventually they'll probably downgrade it, but for now it's, I think it's full systems go on quarter Patterson season. Yes. I'm, I think so. I think we'll see a lot of what he would did in the middle to second half of last year, probably not hundred in the score every single game, but definitely involved in the run game, probably some in the passing game as well. And they're going to need him because this team, um, I mean, they were doing well, they were doing fine against the saints defense, uh, until the end there. But I think Cordero Patterson's a guy you can stick into your lineup comfortably over the next couple weeks and just take a wait and see approach. So if you drafted him good outside of the top 75, I think you got to win there. All right, moving on to a quarterback now. This quarterback was fifth in passing yards on the week and was drafted outside of the top 20 quarterbacks. Fifth in passing yards on the week, drafted outside of the top 20. Uh, 
like Carson Wentz. Boom. First Let's guess, go. man. First guess, Let's baby. Go. Carson Wentz, who All had right. impressive performance, threw for four touchdowns as well. Uh, had a top five finish in the past, so it's not like we haven't seen him play at an elite level. Are you buying what he did with the commanders this week against Jacksonville? Because he, he put on a pretty good performance. For... I think if you were in a bad place, like you don't have Dak or something like that, like you miss him, I think he's a fine streamer. Uh, you know, I think, I guess, especially against the Lions here, um, you know, their defense, I think, is pretty bad. And like that game state should be elevated back and forth. So, again, you're going to see some crazy, crazy stuff happening with some random picks or terrible throws. But you're also going to see bombs like you did to McLaurin, you know, yeah. where, and that's what scores fantasy points. So I think that as long as you're willing to go for a little bit of a ride this Sunday, I think you should be okay. And it feels like we almost underrated this receiving core, too. Like, with Terry McLaurin holding out, it almost felt like there was no weapons there. But we saw Jaha Dotson have two touchdowns. One of them was a spectacular grab. Curtis Samuel played a really uh, important factor for this team, too. Uh, had I think he had, like, six catches this week and a ton of targets as well. Uh, and then we saw, obviously, Terry McLaurin didn't didn't play like we've seen Terry McLaurin. But Carson Wentz was spreading the ball out. We saw Antonio Gibson even going for routes, man, looking like the receiver of the past. So uh, I liked what I saw from Carson Wentz. I'm not buying into him as a top 15 option. But if you got him in a super flex league, I think you can be happy with him as your QB, too. All right. Last player was eighth in receiving yards at the wide receiver position. He was eighth in receiving yards this week. Eighth, um, go with like Gabe Davis. Oh, not Gabe Davis. <laughs> he was also tied for sixth in targets. Sixth in targets. Um, oh, what about like Donovan Peoples Jones? That was a good guess. And Don, we we need to talk about him. He's close, I, right? He was like right up there. He was close. He was actually he actually was tied for sixth. Um. And then this guy was also drafted outside of the top 100. So very good guess. Just wrong play. Draft, okay, so draft outside the top 100 for, for fantasy or NFL draft? For fantasy. For fantasy. For fantasy oh, sorry. okay. I thought you were saying NFL draft the last time. No, um, no, my bad. I no, should have clarified. That's on me because I, like, I was like, oh, Fournette's a terrible guess then. Um, <laughs> um, and you said tied for eighth in targets? Uh, he was eighth in yards, tied yeah. for sixth in targets, and drafted outside yeah. of the top 100 in fantasy. Ah, uh, man. Uh, Christian Kirk. Boom, baby. Oh. Yeah. See, I think uh, I know this is too easy for you, man. Christian Kirk, eighth in yards, tied for six in targets. Um, is this sustainable with a guy like Christian Kirk, who everybody was complaining, kind of ruined the uh, the market for these teams and these organizations with that 20 mil contract? Uh, is this sustainable? I mean, maybe, I mean, he was like, oh, whatever you said, a wide, wide receiver one last week. That's probably not sustainable, but I think like fringe wide receiver two production is pretty sustainable. You know, seeing seven, eight, nine targets from a guy like Trevor Lawrence, who, you know, looks still pretty erratic at times, but, you know, consistently makes like great throws, you know, and I think that that's, that's more than fine is I think is by far the best option on the team, like receiving option. Um, and now the offense just seems to kind of be a little bit more cohesive than it was last year, I would say. So I think that Kirk is like a wide receiver too, is like a great uh, start pretty much every week. Yeah, it, to me, it's surprising. Like I, I knew he would be decent there, but to see the the amount of volume that he received was was definitely shocking to me. And, you know, for anybody that got him as a flex wide receiver three, you're going to be very happy with him for the rest of the year. I could see him having really good value and uh, kind of being sticky at that position, like you mentioned, even having wide receiver two upside uh, any given week, I think is a not out of the realm of possibilities. Uh, but you mentioned DPJ, too. Donovan Peoples-Jones, who uh, was tied also for six in targets. And 
to me, I'm not sure if that was sustainable as well. How do you feel about him? No, I think that was fluky. I mean, I don't think that, I mean, he's done nothing to tell us that he's a good player to this point. Um, but I mean, maybe he is, but still, even then, if you think that he is, uh, you know, I don't think that he's going to be seeing 11 targets. The passing volume is going to be really low week to week. That being said, Amari Cooper just like missed practice yet today. And there was like an undisclosed reason. So, uh, I mean, maybe he's salty that he wasn't getting targeted last week. I don't know. Well, he did it's the same thing in Dallas. He was complaining right. about it when CD lamb was starting to get a little bit more targets. So uh, that wouldn't be out of the realm of possibility. So I didn't hear that news today. Break breaking news on the show, quote unquote, uh, Amari Cooper's pissed off. So, right. <laughs> <laughs> All right, cool. Um, I want to, before you go, I do want to go over some of these week two storylines. So, Let's walk game by game and just talk about maybe one thing that you're interested in, one thing that you're looking at that has your attention. I know we already covered the Dolphins-Ravens game, uh, but is there anything that you're keeping your eye on as far as um, you know production-wise from either of these teams that you're that is like a storyline to note for you? Uh, probably watching the split between Miami's pass rate, who led the league in pass rate over expectation last week, as well as the running back split there with like Chase Edmonds and Raheem Mostert. Yeah, I was... So were you thinking that Raheem Mostert, Chase Evans should have been a different type of split? You thought that Chase Evans should have had more work? Uh, no, I think it was about right. It's just that whoever's more successful going forward, I think will kind of get the hot hand on the early downs. And that's a, a huge deal for Chase Edmonds if he gets like goal line work too. Also, they'd had no goal line situation. So we don't even know who's getting the goal line carries yet. Yeah, and I'm interested to see Lamar Jackson, if he keeps on this passing role if, or if he's going to become more of a runner, use his legs. Uh, Rashad Bateman, Devin DuVernay looked good. Mark Andrews didn't have a, the game that, you know, for fantasy purposes that we all expect. But I am curious to see if they maintain this pass-heavy attack against the Miami Dolphins. Uh, next game, Cleveland Browns and New York Jets. Um, you talked a little bit about this game as well. Any other thoughts on it? Uh, I would guess – Continuing to watch the split between Hunt and then uh, Chubb. I thought that Dearness Johnson was going to get traded. He did not. He was just a healthy and active. Um, and then the Jets here just well, – I thought it was Elijah Moore season. It is not Elijah Moore season, unfortunately. And Joe Flacco just looks to be awful at this point in his career. Yeah, he is. And uh, they're expecting Zach Wilson to be out for four weeks. So he was announced as a starter today. Joe Flacco will be starting this game against the Browns. And it could be ugly. Uh, when I look yeah. at that total 40, I don't, I don't even know if he hits 40 on the total. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Also, if you saw, I tweeted out a video today of Zach Wilson, like moving pretty well. Like he looked good in practice. And okay. so I was like, oh, maybe they're just like letting Flacco, you know, get eaten alive. So they're setting expectations <laughs> really low for Zach Wilson. So if he's at least marginally better, like then they can feel good about it and don't get ripped apart by the New York media. But True. I don't know. True. Well, that's on them because they said that Flacco was an equivalent right. starter. They said he could be a starter. And we see that that's probably not in the cards this season. So. Mm. Uh, next up, Colts versus Jags division game here. Uh, Jaguars are, are four-point underdogs in this one. Is there anything that you're looking at? I think we mentioned a little bit that the ETN-Robinson split is pretty important for fantasy purposes. Also, if any of the Colts ancillary options, you know, outside of Michael Pittman can break out. But right now, it just seems like Michael Pittman is like the clear alpha in the um, offense there. Yeah, clear alpha. Jonathan Taylor is going to continue doing his thing. And we saw Alec Pierce actually had a uh, concussion syndrome, too. So he might be out this week. I was expecting Paris Campbell to take on a bigger role than he did. We did not see that. And then on the Jackson, Jacksonville side of the ball, I want to continue to see if uh, Christian Kirk is going to continue his dominance. And Zay Jones had a few opportunities here, too. So there was a lot of missed opportunities for this Jacksonville team. I want to see if they come prepared a little bit better this week against the Colts. Uh, moving on to Bucks and Saints. Uh, both these teams played well last week, could have played better. Uh, but both these teams got the win. 
Uh, we saw some offensive line issues for the Bucks in the passing game, but the run game looked strong. And then for the Saints, we saw Jameis make a nice fourth quarter comeback with this team. Uh, any thoughts on this game? Uh-oh, lost you. Oh, looks like I lost Connor there. Let's see if we can get him back. Dropped off the cast. Uh, if not, had those had those thoughts right there. Uh, Panthers and Giants as well. I, I like the Panthers a lot this game. Uh, Panthers and Giants. Uh, you know, Connor mentioned with the Panthers, you're going to be able to have, uh, you know, some of the the, uh, the things going on there. Man, I kind of maybe hope we can get them back. Lost my train of thought there for a second. Anyway, if you are not following, make sure you guys follow along. We'll be on we'll be with you guys all season long. If you guys have any questions, drop them in the comments. I'll get to them on the Ask Jayhan segment. Other than that, I'm actually going to get off today. Oh, there he is. Right back. Connor, my man, got you back. I have no idea what happened. <laughs> just down. All my tabs just disappeared. I was like, whoa. All good, man. All good. I was, just running, I was running through and dropped off. <laughs> I was yeah. like, oh, shit, lost him for a second. So. <laughs> Uh, we were on the Panthers and Giants game. I was just kind of covering that for a second there. Uh, the Panthers and Giants. This one to me was a little bit more of a, of a mystery. We saw the Giants get that gutty win. Brian Dable pushed those guys to a win. And the Panthers didn't look too good. Anything you're looking at on this game? Um, probably some unders here just in general in the prop market. You know, I think that both these teams, I mean, really underperformed in a big way. Um, but the uh, the the Giants offense with with Saquon, I think, was a little bit interesting. You know, Saquon's showing out. I think Saquon's a baller. You know, I've been on Team Saquon for a while. It was disappointing last year or two. Yeah. But I'm really excited for next year when he's a free agent and just goes somewhere else and can just buy low on him in the second round, whatever, even late first round. doesn't matter. They he's going to be a great pick. They, can they put the franchise tag on him this year uh, after this season? I think they can, right? Yeah, they could. I, I hope they don't. I kind of want to go somewhere man, else. Man, I love Saquon, too. He's such a baller. The one player uh, on this team that I was surprised didn't do anything, only played seven snaps, uh, Kadarius Tony, in a very interesting case. I know he was dealing with some injuries over the uh, the offseason and preseason. That may have been a little bit of the issue there. But Brian Dable said he, there were some things he needed to work in, too. So, Kadarius Tony's usage is going to be very interesting to me on the, uh, on the Giants' side of the ball. And Carolina – I'm concerned about this Carolina team. I don't know if Baker's the answer, and they don't have any backup options with all other players getting hurt. So I'll be curious to see if Baker can bounce back. Uh, Patriots and Steelers. Connor, talk to me about these Patriots, man, because they didn't look good against the Dolphins. They haven't looked good all offseason, preseason. You think they can bounce back at all? No, not really. I don't think they're going to look good here either because the Steelers' defense, I think, showed you know last week that they're still competent to getting home and they're still able to you know kind of deliver some pass rush. I know T.J. Watt's going to be out for a little bit here, but uh, you know I think their defense is still good enough, at least you know equivalent to what the Dolphins had you know last week and were able to put together something. Now Mac Jones dealing with an injury makes me think that they're going to probably go lean towards the run game. I think that the like this game is going to be slow paced, boring, probably pretty bad for for fantasy purposes. Uh, yeah. I. That's kind of my take on this. So I'm, I'm kind of trying to fade a lot of guys from this. When when I look at it betting-wise, to me, this was the head-scratcher. There's always, like, one head-scratcher. And to me, this Patriots-Steelers game with Patriots as one-point favorites against Steelers, this was a head-scratcher to me. I did not understand this one. The Steelers, I know they played well um, last week, and the Patriots looked like shit. But at the same time, both of these teams, I didn't expect the Patriots to be a favorite in this game, let alone by a point, you know? Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. I, I don't really know why. And I think our, our guys uh, against the spread guys also did take the, the Steelers here, Steelers outright. I think that, I mean, at home too, like 
Yeah. I don't know. I don't really see it. I, Patriots are getting way too much respect. I do, yeah, that, that one's a head scratcher, but to me, I'm, some of those head scratchers always get me. So moving on to the Commanders and Lions, you talked about this game as well. Uh, any other thoughts on this game outside of the potential for craziness? Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown is a target hog. He's, you know, continues to crush here, even with, you know, the addition of other weapons. We'll see how Jameson Williams works in, but I think that he might not be a factor until like at least halfway through the season. So that I think that's probably my biggest note there. Uh, watching the continued split between uh, DeAndre Swift and Jamal Williams, but it looks like Williams is pretty firmly entrenched as like a, a you know a second option there, and coaching yes. staff loves him, and you know he's he's a good player, so it's not it's hard to kind of get him completely off the field. Yeah, he took the red zone work, took a lot of the short yardage work, and then we saw DeAndre Swift being involved heavily in the passing game. Amon Ross St. Brown was a guy I thought would fade off. He he started off a little slow in the game and then caught fire like he did towards the second half of last year. So. Um, I like Amon Ross St. Brown more than I did coming into the year. And on the commander side of the ball, I just think it's it's continue to watch. What happens with these receivers or is Carson going to be spreading it out? I'm not buying the full Carson re- resurgence, but I do think that there is a little bit there. There's a little bit of meat on the bones there, and you probably are getting a little bit of value on them. Um, even when I'm looking at some of these you know, passing and rushing totals for Carson Wentz, um, I'm going to be looking at that to see if there's a little bit of value there as well. Uh, Niners Seahawks. Uh, the line sitting at nine minus nine and a half right now for the Niners. Any thoughts on this game? Uh, I mean, the, yeah, the Niners are really heavy favorites here. I think that we talked about it earlier. The Trey Lance bounce back, fully in player. I want to watch Brandon Ayuk. I think that Man. he would have been the number one option there if it wasn't a monsoon. Had like a nice thirty yarder <laughs> early. Got like a really soft pi call. You know, like I, I think that he'll be good, and I think that he's a good bounce back player for sure this week. I was super high, super high on Brandon Ayuk coming mm-hmm. into the year. And, uh, you know, it wasn't really dis- – I didn't find it disappointing last week. I just think it was a matter of circumstance. So I expect a bounce back. The thing I'm interested in, obviously, with uh, Elijah Mitchell going down and being out for two months is this backfield too, how it's going to shape out. Jeff Wilson Jr. coming in there is going to be the starter. But is it going to be Trey Lance or Jordan Mason – or excuse me, not Trey Lance. Well, probably Trey, Man- <laughs> Trey Lance and Debo too. But is it going to be TDP, Tyrion Davis-Price, or Jordan Mason that comes in there? Jordan Mason was supposed to have more of a special team's role um, but he was the one that was active last week and Tyrion Davis Price wasn't so that will be an interesting thing on the Niner side of the ball you see I'm a Niner fan man yeah I see that I see that yeah if it's you, uh I don't know who's going to be active but I or who's going to play but it's one of the three you know at least you you had to pick up one on your waivers you know like just to shoot your shot with one of them if you had to pick one to be the guy for the rest of the year not just for the rest of the next two months not for the, this week if you had to pick one to be the guy and I know this is putting you in a spot who would you pick? Yeah, so I think we've seen Jeff Wilson try and be the guy and not be the guy. So I, I'm going to go with Tyrion Davis-Price. I know that's a little bit of a hot take. He was inactive last week. But I think that's because, like you mentioned, that Jordan Mason plays special teams. Jeff Wilson was a backup. So they don't need a fourth running back active. Whereas now, if I think one guy has a chance to be the guy, it has to be him as kind of like a bruiser between the tackles. You know, guy who's just going to get a ton of yards um, and, like, you know, really be like a, a straightforward runner. So I, I think the TDP yeah. is probably the option. Yeah, I like him. They try to they try to ride Gino off, but he ain't right back. So I'm not really <laughs> I ain't really feeling the Seahawks this week. I feel like they go back to where we all expected them to be, um, and that's an inferior team. Rams Falcons. Any notes for you there? Rams Falcons. Uh, watch Allen Robinson. See how he does. You know, you can put him in his in his grave if he does nothing again this week. Uh, but you know, I think that it's still worth you know looking to bounce back. And the uh, Falcons pass rate had 39 dropbacks last year, even though they were or last week, even though that they were winning like the whole game. So I think that oh, wow. if they keep passing a bunch, like that could be really interesting for fantasy purposes. Just yeah. Mariota scrambling, running all over, throwing a pits in uh, uh, London there. 
Yeah, don't give up on Kyle Pitts. I think that would be my thing for the Falcons. There's a lot of people that are probably concerned about Kyle Pitts. Don't give up on Kyle Pitts just yet. Uh, Broncos-Texans doesn't really excite me anything there. Uh, Mostly just I think that the Broncos bounce back in a big way here. You know, like they couldn't have had a worse situation going into Seattle, Russ's former team. Like the stadium was apparently like insanely loud. Uh, You know, like they just weren't able to instill, I think, kind of what they wanted from their offense. So And they two fumbles on the goal line. You know, the game could have easily been a two-touchdown win by Denver. Um, and you know, obviously the end of the game play calling there with Hackett, who, you know, made one of the worst decisions we've seen in Man, recent memory. And so. I, I cannot for the life of me still understand it. He even said it was the wrong decision. So at least uh-huh. he can acknowledge that a lot of coaches would have done a coach speak or denied it, but at least he was able to come out and deny it. Um, for me, I'm looking at this Russell, I'm sorry, this Jerry Judy and Cortland Sutton marriage. Like, I feel like they're both going to have uh, good weeks, bad weeks. It feels like a lot, like how when Russ is in Seattle, uh, both players are going to have good weeks. I'm just curious to see. It looked like Sutton was the guy. I know a lot of people advocate for Jerry Judy like I did, but it feels like Cortland Sutton is his guy, especially in the red zone and on third down. Yeah, no, 100%. I think that Sutton, Sutton and Judy are both going to probably be like pretty heavily involved here. Yeah, I like it. Cardinals-Raiders. Uh, we saw the Cardinals take the L against the Chiefs in a major way, and the Raiders took that you know, close loss there to the Chargers. Um, anything there? Just uh, seeing if the Cardinals' can, offense can kind of get it together here. It seemed like that they weren't just not clicking at all, and I think the Raiders' defense is a good intro for them you know, to be able to do that because I don't think that they're very strong. And then on the other end there, I think the Raiders kind of get the passing game going against this Cardinals' defense, which is – you know, probably very weak, uh, yeah. from my understanding. So I like, I like the Raiders in this game. They're four and a half point favorites. I like the Raiders yeah. uh, to, to cover that one. And then, uh, yeah, if without Deandre Hopkins, this Cardinals team doesn't look right. And so I'll be interested to see if they bounce back. Uh, Bengals Cowboys would not have to spend too much time here. Obviously Cooper rush at the helm for the Cowboys and the Bengals looking to bounce back off the loss from the Steelers. Anything there? Uh, just if T Higgins plays or not, I guess that's probably the biggest uh, question. Yeah. And the CD lamb Dalton souls usage, uh, to me, I'm looking at the Cowboys side of the ball. If they can be effective with Cooper rush, or they're going to have to make a panic move and go get one of these quarterbacks, uh, bears Packers, obviously the bears uh, coming off a win in ugly weather against the Niners. We didn't cover that a whole lot on the Packers side of the football. We talked about some options there. Any storyline things here? Yeah, I guess just how the Bears look like, you know, after coming off a massive, massive win, it seems like a great letdown spot for them to get lose by like 25 or 30, you know. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. Well, Aaron Rodgers needs it because the way he looked last week, man, last last year they were saying, relax, don't panic. Mm-hmm. This year, everybody's panicking. So I'm definitely looking at Aaron Rodgers to see what these young guys can do. And then Monday night, you talked about it. Eagles, Vikings. Uh, go ahead, man. Flex, flex on them. Flex on them. Tell you what you think about this game, man. Yeah, I think we, we're going to see a ton of points here. I'm, I'm really excited to see the Vikings, you know, pass rate, the Eagles pass rate. Eagles came out past and started slow, though. I think the Lions defense looked really good for like one or two drives. And then as soon as that kind of hype and, you know, all the all the hype around that game being at home kind of settled down, the Eagles just shredded them. Uh, and then I think that on the other side of the ball here, the Eagles defense, you know, still kind of gave up a lot to the Lions offense. And we're going to see, I think the Vikings here really just pass the ball with these and move Justin Jefferson around, kind of expose this Eagles defense still and, and have another amazing game. Man, he looked like the real deal. Like, like he's probably going to challenge for that triple crown this year, even though Cooper Cup mm-hmm. had his had his own thing to say on Thursday night last week against them. Uh, Titans Bills uh, last game there on Monday night. We've got the double Monday night game this week. Uh, I mentioned how I, I kind of like the Titans on the road here. Any thoughts there? 
Um, I guess not too much to see if like Gabe Davis played every snap last week uh, with the offense, which is awesome. He actually outsnapped Stephon Diggs. I think that his, you know, ascendance will be interesting to watch as well as the split between Isaiah McKenzie and Jamison Crowder who rotated in the slot instead of James or instead of McKenzie getting like the full slot role, which is kind of what I think a lot of us expected going into the year. Yeah. And I'm curious because uh, we saw, we saw a little bit of usage from Derrick Henry, but he, it wasn't like the Derrick Henry of old. So I'm looking to see if Derrick Henry bounces back. I think he does, but this Bill's defense isn't no slouch, man. They're tough. And so mm -hmm. uh, I'm very curious to see how he performs next we are on this monday so connor my man i appreciate you coming on man and, and flexing the knowledge man tell people where they can find you bro once again yeah i appreciate you having me on you can find me on twitter at connor allen nfl and find all of my work over at four for four.com i'm glad we got to meet up very quickly but got to dissect it a little bit more today man would love to have you on whenever you want to come back bro i appreciate you coming on man and that does it for today's episode uh we're here monday through friday three o'clock pacific time six o'clock eastern uh, you guys catch it we also have the saturday show mailbag edition and then sunday start sit too so make sure you guys stay locked in with me justin henry show 